Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our broadcast of Tuesday Night Bible Study here in Yorktown, Texas. Uh, welcome all of you here watching live and those of you watching via Facebook Live on our Facebook channel. Uh, my name is Jonathan Sixtos, Associate Minister and Youth Pastor at Good News Church, and I greet you on behalf of our pastors, Reuben and Rosie Trevino, Senior Pastors of Good News Church. And uh, we welcome you to join us each and every Sunday if you're available. Right now we're meeting at the Port Lavaca YMCA in the meeting room. And uh, we have ministries throughout the crossroads. Our Tuesday night Bible studies the second and fourth Tuesday of each month. And as always, if you can't be here live in person, you're always invited to catch up on the broadcast on our Facebook channel. So if you need to find us online, our website is gncvictoria.com and facebook.com slash gncvictoria. So I want to welcome you all tonight. We have a couple announcements before we get started. We do have some special services throughout the month, and one of those is coming up. The first Sunday of each month, our Pastor Rosie has her special service, the last day's Holy Ghost outpouring. So we always invite you to come and see that live as well. And a very special one coming up here in a couple weeks is Mother's Day. So we always love honoring our mothers and giving them a shout out. They're the reason why we are here. So I thank you all for tuning in today and being here live. Thank you once again, uh, those of you who are watching on the Facebook channel. And we're going to go ahead and get started tonight. Uh, my sister usually administrates this, and I was talking with her about what she wanted me to share about. And one thing she mentioned to me is that, oh, sometimes she wishes that she could be in our youth class. And she's like, oh, man, what I would give to be a fly on the wall in the youth class. And we had a, a particularly powerful service a couple weeks ago, and I was just sharing from the heart some things that God has done and testimonies, and uh, she requested that I share that with you all. So you're in for a treat. Welcome to my class this evening. <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and get started, and tonight we're going to be talking about the subject of bitterness. So if you would, just join me in a word of opening prayer. Father, we thank you for this chance to come together here today, and we thank you for the Word of God that will be sown into our hearts, that will receive it willingly, and that will put it into operation in our lives, and we look forward to seeing your Word transform our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to start tonight with a story. Uh, for those of you who have been with us for several years, you know that Pastor Rosie used to have her services on Saturdays. And on one of those Saturdays, we uh, were sitting down to a, a little breakfast, a light breakfast beforehand. And one of the things the ladies loved to serve in the mornings was oatmeal. So uh, we love oatmeal. It's delicious. It's uh, something that, you know, it's, it's a hearty way to start the day. And so if you can imagine with me, we're sitting down to eat this oatmeal, myself and the, the church media director, and we've gotten everything ready. We've hit record. We have... Uh, taking care of all the things that we need to take care of and what we were getting ready to do is just enjoy this oatmeal so we sit down and I take a spoonful and when I taste it something's wrong something's wrong with his oatmeal and I look over to Paul his name was Paul I said Paul something's up with this oatmeal I said, what are you talking about? Because we sit there every month we would enjoy it and he was used to it I was used to it something we look forward to kind of a tradition and he tasted the oatmeal as well. And he looked at me and said, John, something's wrong here. This isn't right. 
And I couldn't quite figure it out. So I tried another spoonful. I'm like, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it was the coffee, the oatmeal. They say you have to cleanse the palate. But something wasn't right. And this oatmeal, normally like a sweet, hearty meal, it was kind of spicy, kind of salty. I didn't quite know what was going on. And so he went to ask his mom, who was working in the kitchen, and he said, Mom, what did you do to this oatmeal? And she's thinking like, well, what are you talking about? It's oatmeal. We have it every week. And it is what it is, you know? So she goes and she looks at the little spice cabinet there above where they were making the oatmeal. And she's looking and she's thinking. She goes, no, I put cinnamon. Look, I got it right here. And she grabs the little canister. And it's got the dark powder in there. And it starts with a C and it ends with an N. And she's like, look, it's cinnamon right here. C-U-M-I-N. So she had put crushed cumin in the oatmeal instead of cinnamon and so we were tasting that i was thinking too and i told paul i was like why does this oatmeal make me want to eat some carne guisada i don't know what was going on but that's what it was because that's one of the seasonings that you put you know on the meat and different things so uh, what i want to talk to you today about is that topic of bitterness because like i learned a long time ago is a little bit of bitter matters a whole lot and so being a teacher, uh, we're going to start with a definition today. I looked up the definition of the word bitter. Now, in its adjective form, it means having a sharp, pungent taste or smell, not sweet. So I was expecting one thing, you know, sometimes oatmeal, people put some brown sugar, sometimes a little bit of butter, some raisins. You know, you can really fix that stuff up nice. But one thing that didn't belong in there was something that was bitter. But as pertaining to people, of people or their feelings or behavior, the dictionary defines it as angry, hurt, or resentful because of one's bad experiences or a sense of unjust treatment. So I want to share with you a testimony of some things that God has done recently in my life. And so uh, a few of us were privileged to go to a men's retreat recently at a country camp over in Columbus, Texas. And man, I tell you what, we came back fired up, and there were testimonies and deliverances. And there was something that God was doing in my heart that I hadn't really talked to anybody about. I was just praying about it and saying, oh, you know, God, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm just going to deliver it into your hands and believe that you, you're going to deal with this. And he did. And what it was kind of reminded me of that oatmeal. Now, before I tell you what was going on, we're going to look at a scripture verse, and it's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15 is the scripture that I'll be basing this message on this evening. And I love the translation uh, in the NLT, the New Living Translation, is what I'll be reading from today. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15 in the NLT reads like this. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And verse 15 says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. So here's my testimony. I was mad at a guy who hadn't done anything wrong. See, when I was in college, I had several different roommates. Uh, the first couple didn't last very long. I moved in on campus, and the guy that I was paired with on, in the dorm room, he moved out to go stay with some friends. So I pretty much had the place to myself. 
So my second year of college, I lived off campus at an apartment complex. And the week that I moved in, the guy that I lived with, he quit his job working for the apartments and he moved out. So for the next, oh, 15, 16 weeks, I had the place to myself. So I was getting used to living alone. Now, my last semester of college, I needed to have a roommate. So, man, you know, apartment, San Marcos, it's a college town, and that kind of adds up. So I was looking around believing that God was going to open a door. And a friend of mine from one of the campus ministries, he put out something on Facebook. He said, man, I need a roommate. Is anybody interested? So I messaged him back on Facebook, and I said, hey, I'm interested. And I don't just like living with just anybody. You know, it's kind of one of the dangers of college when you go for the potluck roommate. And some of you, maybe you've had roommates in the past or you've had the college experience and you never know what you're going to get. Thankfully, I was blessed with really good roommates in those times that I had one. So I moved in with this guy and I told him, look, I'm only going to be here one semester because I need my student teaching and then I'm out of here. So he had somebody else lined up to kind of take that spot and fill that place when I left. And we learned to live in harmony. Um, we weren't enemies by any means. We weren't uh, best friends or anything because, you know, he had his stuff and I was pretty much at the end of my college career. So I just needed a place to come home and sleep before I went off to the school the next day and got all that ready. And I was also very active in campus ministry and he was active in his campus ministry. So we were pretty good roommates. We enjoyed playing some video games. We took turns buying the groceries and different things like that. So the time came that I graduated and I moved back home, started uh, college, uh, finished with college, started career, got into ministry, and he also continued on in ministry. And we kept in touch just via social media and different things. Now, the path that he chose was kind of a meandering path, and he ended up in the teaching profession. Whereas when I came out of college, I hit the ground running. Started right in the middle of the year, six years ago, and I've been teaching public school ever since. So I've been working hard and paying my dues and learning and different things, and God's definitely favored me where I am, and I'm thankful for that, to the point where now I can be a mentor to other educators and have an influence on the system. Victoria is undergoing a lot of changes. Uh, they're asking for a lot of input, so God strategically has opened doors for me to be an influence where I am. So the problem began when my old college roommate, he got into teaching. And so he announced it on his social media, and you'll see that I bring up social media from time to time throughout this message. And he announced it on his social media, and he said, you know, I never would have thought I'd be a teacher. And I read that, and I thought to myself, I wonder what he means by that. I never would have thought I'd be a teacher, because I am a teacher. <laughs> and the way that I received it, it didn't sit well with me. So I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, okay, you know, he's got his wife, he's got his children, he's uh, earning an honest living, like I'm happy for. So throughout the years, I continue to work and I continue to, to network with other teachers and, and investigate best practices and I love my job. I love what I do and I really feel like God's gifted me in that area. But towards the beginning of this year, he transferred to a new school in the Austin area and he began to just dream big. He's a big dreamer, and God's gifted him in that area. Like, let's shake things up. Let's examine what we're doing. Let's do it better. Let's try something crazy. And when I read things like that, I, because again, he and I weren't sitting face-to-face, -face, vision casting, fellowshipping, enjoying a meal together. This was just through that cold blue screen of social media. 
So when I read that, I didn't quite maybe take it the way that he intended it. In fact, experts tell us that over half of communication between one human and another is nonverbal. We go by voice tones, we go by facial expressions and body language, and when all you read is text on a screen, you miss that, which is why if there's ever an important conversation, whether it's in relationships and management and ministry, please do not text people or call them on the phone. Meet them face to face. I'm a firm believer that if Jesus was still walking the earth today, he would have done his major ministry moments in person, not in a broadcast, which we thank you for tuning in today to our Facebook broadcast. <laughs> and so this filter that stood between he and I fostered this, this sense of discontent in me. Like, wait a minute, you know, I've, I've, like they say, I've been riding, I've been here, I've been doing this and grinding and putting in the hours and working hard and learning from my mistakes. And he wants to just turn everything up on its side. And so I didn't deal with it. I didn't pray about it. And I noticed that in conversation, whenever this would come up, I was kind of bitter, kind of bitter about it. And the fact that I noticed it meant that it had been growing. See, every year my mother plants a garden and we till the soil, we check the fences and everything. And once you put the seed in the ground, you check up on it every now and then to make sure it's growing. See, if it's not growing, the seed didn't take and when I began to notice that every time this guy came up or every time I saw him on social media, it would bother me. And then, we've all been here, you know what I'm talking about. I was mad that I was mad, right? Like, oh, this shouldn't bother me. Oh, but it bothers me. Oh, now I'm bothered that it bothers me, right? Has anyone ever done that? Like, it's something small, but the more you think about it, the more you're upset, like, oh, I'm better than this, you know? And so was, we went to this men's retreat, and we were just opening our hearts for the moving of God, and, and the Holy Spirit was just laying things on us and depositing dreams and visions and, you know, giving us a good spiritual bath. And this came up. And God was dealing with me. I didn't hear, you know, his audible voice in that sense, but definitely the impressions of the Holy Spirit. And I'm used to that voice. And anyone who's uh, listened to the Holy Spirit or been filled with the gifts of the Spirit, you know that, that nudge, you know, like they call it at country camp. You know and you're knower. And I needed to give that up. I needed to release that because in one way I was falsely judging him because I didn't have all the information. I only had the little tweet or the little Facebook or just that little piece of information. And here I was running and running and running down this road and then I had to give it up because I shouldn't hold that offense. I shouldn't be bitter. And to the point where the Lord was showing me, hey, all of these things that you're doing right, if you allow this to grow, it's going to poison. Like Hebrews 12, 14, and 15 says, it will poison those other relationships. Now, without getting too technical with you all, at Texas State University, I minored in psychology with kind of an emphasis, a concentration on adolescent development. And the way that God created our minds is incredible because the way that it coalesces with how the Bible says, you know, you call things that be not as though they were. Think on these things, Philippians 4.8, when it says in Joshua 1.8, to meditate on the book of the law and, and remind yourself like the Israelites did every seven years, repetition, repetition, repetition. There is a scientific, it is biological, 
phenomenon called brain plasticity to where if you practice a habit and you go through this process multiple times, your body will actually adapt to prepare for it. Now, we see the horrible outcome of this with people like drug addicts or people with abusive tendencies or people who allow themselves to uh, succumb to different oppressive spirits like alcoholism or depression or different things. So there's this mixture of the natural and the supernatural that's fascinating. And I encourage you all to read those scriptures if you're struggling with something like that. And we also see the benefits of this with people like professional athletes. They practice day after day after day. So then in the heat of the moment, when the crowd is screaming and the clock's winding down, it's automatic. They don't even have to think about it. Their brain's already ready. In the 90s and early thousands, we used to call this muscle memory. But now we know what it is. We're training our brains. And in the same way, in the supernatural, the Lord was showing me, hey, you need to stop this now. I mean, it's not a huge deal you know i wasn't wishing harm on him or anything but if you don't stop this now it's going to continue to grow and it's going to poison your work relationships because if you're angry at this teacher then you're going to start picking things to be angry at other teachers you know? it's going to start to poison your student relationships because lord knows a lot of those kids need jesus <laughs> And if I'm angry with this person and the way he says something and I practice that in my mind, then I'm going to start to see that in the kids that I'm called to minister to. And giving them education and walking them down that path is a form of ministry in itself. And even further down the line, if I'm so offended and I don't address it and I don't give it to God now, how am I going to be able to walk in a marriage relationship with this bitterness? And notice how the Bible says, root of bitterness is poisonous and the bible talks about root and fruit so much in fact it was even one of the teachings that i was able to give at our home church and we talked about fruit and growth and nourishment but it says stop it here at the root because the root itself is poisonous it doesn't even mention the fruit in hebrews chapter 12 it says see to it in verse 15 that none of you fails to receive the grace of god watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and i noticed that god i'm troubled why am i upset about this because of bitterness and so that weekend in the presence of god i just let it go you know i didn't sing the disney song or anything <laughs> but i just gave it to god i said god I, I don't want this it's not healthy it's not good for my relationship with him it's also not good my relationship with you because what had happened was that i began to see myself measured against him and he has his own calling he has his own giftings he has his own path that god has laid out before him the bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the lord but now if i would have allowed that to continue to grow then i would have judged myself not on what god has called me to do but what god gave him instead of me and that's not healthy it's not healthy to grow up and allow this bitterness inside to say, well, God, how come that person has that job and I have this job? Now, we have, we're in the same career, but it would be very easy to say, well, God, how come that person hardly works at all and makes this much money and I work so hard and this is all I have? Or God, how come that person has that kind of wife? Uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm over here 
being faithful. <laughs> or if I could speak to some people who have walked in ministry for a few years, well, God, how come this church over there? And here I am being faithful. Well, how come this ministry over there? And here I, and then you start to kind of pick at reasons why they shouldn't be successful. Well, look what they're doing. Well, look at those. Or maybe some of the children in the audience. Well, so-and-so's mom. And, of course, all you parents are thinking, well, you're not so-and-so's child. <laughs> but there's so many opportunities for bitterness to take hold in our lives, in ministry, in marriage, in career. And we don't even notice it. It just manifests in little areas like that. Whenever you meet someone, you just say hi, and you don't want to ask them how they're doing because you don't want to hear how they're being successful. Like, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. You know, we're going to open this new branch over here. Oh, really? I'm so happy for you. Okay, bye. <laughs> and then you leave. And you're like, <laughs> and then you're ticking off all your lists. Like, well, they probably don't tithe an offer. They probably this. And, they probably <laughs> and then you're more concerned with them. And the Bible has that illustration, too, when it comes to brothers in the faith. Not even heathens. We're just talking about brothers in the faith. And here you are pointing out this sin and this sin and this sin and this sin. And you don't even take care of your own. Now hear me. I was having a conversation with Pastor Reuben about this the other day. And we were talking about so-called freedom. And how there's a lot of believers today. I'm speaking to the church here. okay? And boy, they'll fight you for their freedom. Well, Paul said in this version, in this chapter, in this verse, that all things are permissible. Yeah, but he also said all things are not beneficial. You know, I could sit down and literally drink a 24-pack of Dr. Peppers because it's permissible. But boy, I tell you what, it is not beneficial. I would suffer for that. So there's a lot of people out there who say, well, this is permissible under grace. You know, the Apostle Paul, he even said in the New Testament, should I sin more so that God gives more grace? Absolutely not. So when it comes to things like that, especially people who say, well, you shouldn't judge. Or who are you to throw a stone, right? They start picking these Bible verses up. and like, oh, now you start reading your Bible. Okay. <laughs> and so people love to, they'll fight you for their freedom. Well, I should be allowed to do this. And God knows my heart. Well, Jesus said, we'll know you by your fruit. And that's in red letters. So whenever someone has kind of that angle and they say, well, my freedom, my freedom, my freedom, and the revelation that came up in that conversation with Pastor Reuben was people will say, well, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But is that liberty that they want to walk in coming from the Spirit of the Lord? Because if it's of the Spirit of the Lord, it's going to be in unity with the Bible. It's going to line up with the Word. It's going to make you better. It's going to get rid of what's not good and foster and grow what is good because this root of bitterness doesn't need to grow up corrupting many now there's a, a video game for anybody who likes to play video games there was this uh, post-apocalyptic uh, kind of sci-fi thing where this lady wakes up and she's in the future and she has to fight these robots and figure out like where are all the people and what happened to the planet and uh I really enjoyed it because it wasn't one of those like bloody slasher, everybody's swearing at you and different things. So rated T for teen instead of M for mature. And there was this type of kind of robot animal that she would fight, and they were called corrupted. And they were extra hard, right? Because as you kind of 
got your weapons stronger than the people that you fought were stronger. And that's how video games work. And you had to, first of all, go and find the source of that corruption. And then once you cleared that zone, then they said, this zone is free from corruption. And so there I was playing, you know, my little video games. I'm like, look at the Lord preaching to me through these video games. Because that's what Hebrews is talking about. If the root is there, we know how plants work. It's going to grow. And one thing, if you know about plants, is that they can spring up anywhere. We've seen buildings crumble if they're neglected. Sidewalks crack. Roads are destroyed. Because when something starts growing, nothing's going to stop it. If unchecked, it will grow and grow and grow and grow. So if this bitterness is inside of us, we have to stop it soon. So this, uh, this thing that I gave to God, I just want to let you know that, man, I felt so relieved when we came home. And interestingly enough, in the two weeks since that has happened, he and I have messaged each other on social media. He has some resources that I'm actually using in my classroom this week. And I was able just with a pure heart say, hey, thank you for this. And then he's excited. Man, I'm excited to be a part of this. And God knew that I was going to need that. See, I didn't know. I was just like, well, I don't want to hear about him. I don't want to talk about him. Oh, yeah, he's doing so great. But if I hadn't given that to God, if I hadn't kind of uprooted that bitterness, then I would have missed out. My students would have missed out on that. And it's something they need, something to see and read and interact with and, and challenge themselves and grow because if I was just going to take time to grow my bitterness, then that's resources I'm taking from something else. That's why we hate weeds in the garden, because all they do is take resources from what we really want. And that's what bitterness is. It's like a weed that grows up in your heart. And you say, wait a minute, where's the fruit of the Spirit, right? In Galatians 5.22, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And all we're seeing is 5.18, the works of the flesh. Well, whatever you're watering, that's what's going to grow. So chances are you've probably been through something like that, maybe not in the exact way that it's happened to me. But whatever it is that we're allowing ourselves to meditate on, which is why Philippians 4.8 is so powerful, because it's saying, think on these things. And this is the Apostle Paul ministering to the church thousands of years before any psychologist or biologist even knew about brain plasticity. But God created the body. When he breathed into Adam in Genesis thousands of years ago, he knew exactly how this body was going to work. Recently, I purchased a universal remote. And I know that most of the men in the audience are excited about that. Right? <laughs> because if there's two things that I know, is that number one, we have way too many remotes. And number two, God designed the man to have that remote. <laughs> I'm just joking. Please don't email us. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I had too many remotes, and I would try and watch a movie at night, and I'd be like, which remote is it? And I'm trying to push pause, and I'm changing the channel, and trying to turn the volume up, and I'm turning the DVD off, and I'm like, huh. So I bought this universal remote, and it was nice, and it had all these buttons. And it was real shiny, and you could program it on your computer. And I was pretty excited. But until I read the instructions, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I literally pulled it out. I'm like, oh, check this out. 
And I even took it to show my parents. I'm like, yeah, Dad, look at this remote. And he's like, oh, check it out. <laughs> and then he asked me, what does it do? <laughs> well, I don't know yet, but I'm going to figure it out. So I had to read the instructions because if I was sending the wrong commands, then the technology itself is only designed to follow commands. And as frustrated as I could get, like, I'm pushing the power button, why aren't you working? If I'm sending the wrong commands, then I'm going to get the wrong results. So the more that we spend time meditating on, and, and we don't even have to speak it out to other people. We say, well, I'm not a gossip. I know that gossiping is a sin. But the more that we hold that in our hearts. You know, it's interesting. One of my favorite, favorite scriptures, whenever anything is going on, that's really intense in my life or really heavy and and I don't just want to talk about it because I don't want to hear what everyone thinks about it. I want to just kind of stew on it and hear from God. I don't want to hear from anybody else before I hear from God. And I always think back to Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. And a lot of things are happening in Mary's life. Jesus is about to be born and people are, or he has just been born actually, and all these things are happening and people are talking to him about the baby and Mary's like, hmm, I need to think about this. And so throughout the different versions, some of them said Mary kept all these things in her heart. Some of them say Mary treasured all these things in her heart and thought on them. But that's something I want to encourage you to do. The fact that bitterness grows when you think and meditate on the bad stuff gives us the recipe for the good stuff. Well, if this is what I'm doing to water the weeds, well, then just change your direction. Water the good plants. So the more that we think on the good things, the less we allow the bitterness to grow. The more that we speak forgiveness with our mouths, the less that we keep unforgiveness in our hearts. In fact, Jesus himself said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Has anyone ever been filling up a container and you forget about it and it starts to overflow? You ever notice that the stuff inside the container is what comes out of the container? And sometimes that catches us by surprise. If you left a glass out and you're like, oh, okay, here's my, that's not mine. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? What used to get me all the time is when Gatorade had the, the rain flavors, and they were clear. So you'd pour it in a glass, and it looked like water. And so I'd grab a glass, and I, you know, had been away from the glass for a while, watching a movie or reading a book or whatever. And so you just grab it, and your brain thinks, okay, time for some, what is that? <laughs> and it would get me, and I stopped buying Gatorade Rain because it would just mess with my head like that. So as we water the good stuff, we need to see that overflow. That overflow is what's going to tell us what's inside. Because once I started noticing in conversation that I was upset with this guy, I knew, hey, there's something in there. I need to go talk to God about this. So maybe, maybe yours isn't so much social media like it was for me and maybe the, the young people. Maybe yours is conversations at work. Maybe yours is running into somebody at the gas station or you see them at restaurants or you see them in town and whatever it is going through your heart. Maybe it is social media or family reunions. We just had one of those a while back and it was good to see everyone because we had nothing but love for them. Instead of, oh, time to go see Uncle So-and-so or crazy cousin, what's her face? But the more that we meditate on these things in our heart, that's what's going to come out. See, I want everyone to participate in this exercise with me, if you would. Let's all breathe in and then breathe out. And notice when we breathed out, a lot of that was the same stuff that was in. 
And that's how we're designed by God. Just like we talk about the remotes and the technology, someone designed that technology to accomplish a purpose. And if we're sending ourselves the wrong commands, then we are not accomplishing God's purpose for our lives. And so I wanted to leave you kind of in closing, bringing this to a close, with Psalms chapter 139 and verse 14. And we're going to uh, finish today a little bit differently. Like I said, welcome to our class this evening. And we're going to pray a prayer of surrender today. Because as I was using this, like we just talked about the overflow, the things that God does in my heart and in my life, many times he'll move me and say, okay, now you've got it. You've got a hold on it. Now give it to the youth class. Now share it with brother so-and-so as you fellowship. Now encourage sister so-and-so. Uh, through you know the appropriate channels obviously we're big strong advocates of protocol and propriety and uh, see more about our foundations manual series for that <laughs> my sister did an excellent job going through those lessons about the, the basics of the Word of God so we're gonna look at Psalms chapter 139 and verse 14 and this is King David and he says this to God verse 14 I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So my encouragement to you, uh, believers with us here at the Bible study, uh, people of faith who are watching the broadcast on Facebook, my encouragement to you is this. We've talked about many metaphors, technology, plants today, but you were made by God. And He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make refuse. And there are so many messages and media out there that says this is what you need to be. And when we look at that, if that's all we think about, if that's all we meditate on, especially our young children, then we begin to get this warped sense of what we should look like or what we're valuable for. And the world that we live in values wealth. They value power. They value sexual attraction. And people who are at the forefront of what the world values, then the world values them. And if that's what we base ourselves off of, then we take our eyes off of what God has laid out before us. In fact, the Bible is very clear when it tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher. The Bible says the perfecter in one translation of our faith. I love how it says the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So I want to encourage each and every one of you tonight to search your heart. Because I'm not saying that I'm, you know, super saint up here with so many years of experience. I'm saying that I'm a human and I have a normal job, just like many of you, just like many of you. And we interact with people. And when we interact with those people, there are many temptations for us to have offenses, to grow bitterness. So if you examine yourself this evening and maybe you're watching also and you say, you know what, Brother Jonathan... I'm bitter about some things. I'm bitter about a past relationship. I'm bitter about a divorce. I'm bitter about maybe a parent that you didn't have growing up or a parent that you did have and you wish you didn't. 
Maybe you're bitter about what someone has done to you or someone has said to you. When I brought this before the young people, there was specifically the Holy Spirit was reaching out to three different types of people. And maybe you qualify for all three of these. But the first type of person is someone who is bitter because you're measuring yourself against someone else. Not fixing your eyes on Jesus, but saying, who am I compared to them? You know, the world has this old saying, he who dies with the most toys wins. But I'm here to tell you tonight, he who dies with the most toys dies. (laughs) And the Bible says that we are appointed to die once and then face judgment. And God's not going to judge us on how much we had, but whether or not we were faithful to what we did. Notice I didn't even say how much we did, but how you were faithful to what He called you to do. Especially in ministry. If any of my ministry friends are watching the broadcast or any of you here are active in ministry in the future, I want you to remember that. It's not about how many. It's not about how big or how grand. But it's about what God has called you to do. So that's the first type of people that this message is for. And again, I qualify for all three, okay? (laughs) That you are measuring yourself against someone else. Now, the second type that the Lord impresses on my heart was for people who were bitter with family members. So we've talked about maybe you're looking at someone else and wanting what they have, but also now we're talking about someone who something has happened in your family life. And you can't get over it. You can't get rid of it. I'm not saying to forget about it as if it's not important. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you've allowed yourself to meditate on it instead of allowing God to heal it. He has set himself up as our redeemer, as our deliverer. It's a very common trap that we fall into. We say, well, God, I want you to save my soul, but I don't want you in my life. Or say, well, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all this sin and you're going to wipe it away. But I, I can't give you this hurt because that's, that's too close. So if you are bitter with one of your family members, I want you to, to take this word to heart, to meditate on it, to let it grow inside of you and encourage you. And the third group of people that I really want to speak to tonight are those of you who have believed a lie. Somewhere, someone along the way has told you something that was not true. But you believed it. And you kept it. And you sowed it. And you, I know this isn't proper, you growed it. (laughs) And it's starting to become a problem. Whether that's in your self-image, whether your entire family is always behind you in your corner and cheering you on. But somebody somewhere told you something. You You didn't like that. And for some reason, you believed them said, well, I have all these people in my corner, but I just can't shake what this one person said. Or somebody knew you were in a a rough place, and somebody lied to you and took advantage of that. And now you can't move past that. It's holding you back. You're carrying it with you. Or maybe some of you, you're believing God for something. And you pray about it, and you pray about it, and you pray about it. But something has happened, whether it's in your mind or in your body, and the enemy has lied to you. Oh, God's not going to hear you. Oh, you don't deserve this. Oh, well, that's all well and good for brother so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, 
big mega church evangelist such and such. But who are you? You know, the enemy, he can twist those scriptures. That's why the Bible cautions us to rightly divide the word of truth. Not just the word of God, but the word of truth. Because there's some stuff in the Bible that God didn't say. Even a lot of people, when they go to certain events and they quote the Bible and certain scriptures, and it's saying some things about God that God does not affirm in his word. Even there's a, a popular song I even think of where they say, well, God, you, you give and, and you take away. But those aren't the words of God. Those are the words of man quoted in the Bible. And so tonight, I want you, if you would, uh, those of you watching as well, I encourage you to participate. But those of you here, I want you to just, you don't have to close your eyes if you don't want to, but I want you to look within and see if you are one of those that qualify for someone who's measuring yourself against someone else. You're bitter about that. Or if you are one of those who is bitter in your family relations. Or if you are one of those who has been lied to. And for whatever reason, you believe them. And tonight, if you would just agree with me in this prayer, and I encourage you also to pray with me at home, those of you watching. And I'm just going to ask that God would initiate this process of healing and that you would surrender to him, those of you listening, those of you watching later, that you would give it up to him. That the same God who washed your sins away can continue to come back for checkups, for maintenance, to make sure the author and perfecter of our faith. God continues to move in us and work in us. So if you would, just join me in prayer this evening as we close. Father God, we are thankful for you and your mercy and your grace that you reached out to us when we didn't deserve it. That you sent your son to die on a cross when we hated him, even as we talked about this past Sunday, when we were like Barabbas and all we were were thieves and murderers and our heart had all manner of unholiness and you offered your sinless son as a sacrifice for us. And God, we celebrate this in Easter because we believe it. But we don't want to stop at Easter. When Jesus said, it is finished, in the Greek he meant it is finished. And it will always continue to be finished. And God, tonight we come before you and we ask you to help us examine our hearts for the things that we're carrying inside of us that maybe we're ashamed of, that we're, we're mad that we're mad. We're upset that we have messed up in this little area, but we don't want to tell anyone because it's inconvenient or it's scary or we're ashamed. God, we surrender to you tonight that we would not allow a poisonous root of bitterness to grow up inside of us and corrupt us. We know, Father, that you are ready and willing with your mercy, with your grace. You already know what we need. You have created us, and your works are wonderful. Our souls know it well. And tonight, Father God, I just speak a prayer of peace, over everyone here and everyone watching, those of us who are measuring ourselves against someone else, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Those of us who are bitter in our family relationships, we stand on Psalms 133 and verse 1, 
How pleasant it is when brothers can dwell together. God, thank you for reminding me that that is, in fact, the scripture that my college roommate and I agreed upon when we signed our roommate contract. And God, I even pray for those of us who have believed a lie, that you are truth. Your words are spirit and they are life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And whatever the enemy or anyone speaking on his behalf has spoken into the lives of those here and those watching, we stand on Psalms 139 and 14 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that our bodies are your handiwork, and you don't make trash, you make treasures. And tonight, Father, I thank you for just peace in our minds, that we would continue to meditate on your word, the gospel, the good news, and that we even have a natural understanding that the things that we meditate on, what we think about, what we put into practice, our bodies begin to line up and accept it. And we don't surrender ourselves to depression or fear or anxiety or anorexia, or bulimia, or anything the enemy would try and use to draw us away from you. But we hold fast to the Word of God. Like Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, on this revelation I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And God, I thank you that as we go to school and as we go to work, and even if we see out there in the world the very worst of hell, that it will not prevail against the body of Christ. And we receive your word tonight, and we seal it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to move into a time of prayer for needs. If uh, you have anything that you'd like to send us via Facebook message, rest assured that only our uh, ministerial staff has access to that. So if you want to send us something, we'll definitely join with you in prayer. But we want to thank you guys for tuning into the broadcast, and we're going to end it now so that we can enjoy a time of prayer and of fellowship here at our Tuesday night Bible study. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.